Hey, welcome back to Mike the Baptist and our Three Preachers editions. Good Saturday morning to you on a Monday afternoon. We'll explain that in detail at some point in the future. Uh, Jason Riccardi is out of town. He's off with a bunch of kids on a trip or something. I think a youth Mm -hmm. trip or something. So God bless him. Yeah. He uh, talk about people needing prayers. The leader of a youth group out of town needs prayers. But actually with Jason, the people... Uh, where he's going needs some prayers too I think <laughs> I'm just saying in place of Jason today we have Neil Andrews who has been here before yeah. welcome back Neil thank you and uh, I don't know in the green room we had this big discussion about your licenses uh, which qualifies <laughs> you as a preacher so I will, we won't go over all that again but uh, you qualify and today you're the third preacher thanks in Jason's absence so okay. you don't have to act like a preacher on this program but you you're the preacher today. Okay. Across the table are the two old favorites, H.D. Jones. Good afternoon. And Koontz. Howdy, sir. Michael Koontz. Who lets me call him Koontz. Good to be with you. Thanks. Are you? And you said here a couple of weeks ago that you haven't totally unpacked. That's from, correct. From moving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, uh, we're, we're still getting settled in. If it's any encouragement to you uh, at all, uh, our friend Neil here has been around three or four years. Four? Are you yeah. kidding me? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he might have not totally unpacked either when he first got here. But to his credit, uh, Neil has put up with the crews. We all go to church together. If you're watching this or listening to this and you're not uh, part of our church, which a lot of you aren't, we just all go to church together. So, and it's funny, a friend of mine, uh, uh, a friend of mine was telling me a couple of days ago that when Mike the Baptist started, I was telling him, I don't want it to be a local thing because all my friends kept telling me, well, you need to have such and such my friend on, such and such my friend on. I kept telling him, well, I really want this to be a broader reach. I don't want to make it just a my church thing. Well, they were laughing at me over the weekend because now I'm sitting here with uh, four of the preachers at my church and they're getting a big laugh out of that. So it came circle right back around. But anyway, we're going to do some Bible study talk about some scriptures i think maybe you guys have a few questions that you like to ask and then discuss them kind of like you do at a coffee shop somewhere but uh, we'll get into that a little later first of all i want to know if you had anything good to eat it's all about the food with church people is that not right that's right so um neil yeah you had something i heard that didn't have any meat in it recently that's everything i eat (laughs) but that's right in fairness though you do that because you had a little bit of a health issue in the yeah. past, and they suggested. Yep. Three of my docs said uh, they were either vegan or vegetarian. Yes. And so we talked about it, and I went, well, I can try that. Yeah. And it was good. The numbers for the doctor came back, and it's like. Good. All okay. three of those guys have since died of a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's good. But what did you have? You, you told me earlier, but yeah, I want you to tell it again. My, my wife made, uh, it's like chicken tofu cutlets yes and you know it's all about the breading anyway it is about the breading but she yeah. knows how to do the the inside of it and give it the right texture and stuff so, so it was like a chicken strip really good kind of yeah interesting yeah, hmm. yeah. did it taste like chicken yeah really did because a lot of things you eat that you but don't really know but it's been 12 years since like. i've had a chicken so i don't know really what chicken tastes like yeah oh we'll fix that for you coming up <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you some trick tofu <laughs> 
Watermelon. I heard that uh, Coots had uh, an interesting watermelon. Yeah, we had a great watermelon. We've uh, not had good luck with watermelons over the last uh, season. Uh, this sounds like it could be a story right now. No, no, no story. Just, okay. Uh, <laughs> just, just good watermelon. And uh, we always do Kroger pickup. They mm-hmm. picked us out a good one, and uh, seedless watermelon is great. So that's the most exciting thing I've had in the last week. That's pretty exciting. Speaking of coons, I tried to grow watermelons for about six years in a row, and I would go out and thump them, turn them over, and look for the little yellow spot, and I'd thump them and see if they sound hollow. Five or six years in a row, I would go out one morning, and they would all be split open, and the middle ate out of them. Coons. Oh, wow. Raccoons know when a watermelon, I found out from an old-timer, they know. Do they go out there and do they thump them? I'm sure in the middle of the night the coons are out there going. Yeah, and kind of tapping on the top of them. But anyway, you need the security video. Raccoons uh, playing bongos in Jackson's backyard. That's what I heard in yeah. that story. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But H, anything interesting? You know, I have to give a shout out to Perry's. Every now and then, smoked meatloaf is just a good, good meal. Perry so, Smoking yeah. Pig yeah. is a local barbecue place in White House, Tennessee, and we all know him. So the smoked meatloaf on Tuesday, that's his specialty on Tuesday, very fine. Smoked meatloaf. I th- I, you know, I don't think I've had that. I think I have heard a lot about the smoked meatloaf, but I don't think I have ever actually gone and had the smoked meatloaf. You're missing out. Well, you know, he might listen to this and call me up and say, hey, uh, since you gave us a little plug there. You get some free meatloaf. That's even better. <laughs> it doesn't have to be free. Oh, hey, listen, uh, I have a friend who runs a restaurant in downtown Nashville. It's called the 404 Kitchen. I was down there over the weekend, and this is Monday. Yes, it was over the weekend. They have a smoked fried chicken. Smoked. It's gluten-free, whatever that means. I I really don't know what it means, but uh, he said it doesn't have any flour in it. There's no wheat in it. But it's uh, if you get a chance... Go by there and try that smoked fried chicken because it is, it's really good. It's really good. Okay, that concludes the food portion of the program. And anything happened in you guys' personal lives? Because I, a part of what I wanted to do on this series is, is talk about how uh, church people and I guess church music folks alike are real people, actually. I mean, they're not, they're actually real people inside those church people bodies that you know that you look at and you're afraid to say things to and anything happened lately or like normal things that you guys might have done that aren't preacher related <laughs> yeah that's the, I the don't blank really, stares around the table well i, I, I we think it's because you don't do much there. outside that yeah. job <laughs> it's probably, you. we slept yeah, so that's always nice yeah exactly well, this is obviously the most exciting part of this program is <laughs> trying to figure out something Perry's might want to sponsor this part of the program <laughs> <laughs> may go back to talking about food yeah. oh by the way speaking of food uh, uh, my wife and I recently had a bunch of shrimp we needed to cook up and we decided soft tacos but we looked in the refrigerator and like I guess probably most people that have a package of those soft tortillas are about six months past the expiration date <laughs> you know but we really wanted them so we made some. They're incredibly easy to make your own. Have you done that? You seem like the kind of guy that would just make yeah. your own. Uh, and they're good that tortillas. way. Yes, they're, they're really good that way. And it's really not that you difficult. Ever made your own tortillas? I just go to the store. Okay. Yeah, I've never made them either. There's not much in them, and it takes, what, 60 seconds for one to cook in a pan. So you just sit there and just keep knocking them out, and they're really good. It's a lot different than the ones you 
Not unlike a pancake. Not unlike it. Anyway, so um, that's all I have for this uh, <laughs> front porch visitation portion of Mike the Baptist. And uh, I was also told by a friend of mine who listened to a couple of these before. He said, you "Need to speed up that first visitation part." So what? You're just you're in too big of a hurry. That's what's wrong with the world. But out of respect to an old friend, we're going to take a quick break and come back and let you guys go into uh, uh, questions and pontification. Yes, we'll be back. I was born and raised in Carroll County, Tennessee, a little uh, town called Atwood. At 16, I started drinking and started smoking marijuana. Uh, I went to college and I joined a fraternity and it was like a dope. Slowly graduated from uh, pot and marijuana to pills. Then pills and opiates made me start to break the law. But the big kicker was when I started to use the needle. Drugs took control of my life. Um, I became homeless, Uh, went to jail many times. Um, and had no friends or family. Uh, when I first came to the Hope Center, uh, like I said, I did not know it was faith-based, and I was still strung out on drugs. Thank goodness the Hope Center was there still to help me go. And Jesus, you know, Jesus, following him, coming to church, going to celebrate recovery, um, digging into the Word. If you don't keep digging and seeking God, something else will take its place. At one time, drugs were my Lord. But now Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Hey, we're back. I'm glad you stayed with us. That's an encouraging sign. And uh, we've been having a lot of fun here, just a few short episodes of this. So I hope I hope something that uh, is done here makes you giggle a little or feel good. And then possibly through some of these discussions, it would be really nice if, if uh, something was said. Uh, by us but not exactly from us but through us that might be of benefit to you i think that would be a good worthwhile goal for these endeavors um we will turn it over to who's leading this charge that sounds like me so over the next few weeks uh, we're going to be looking at the book of psalms and so we're going to just kind of pick a few talk about uh some of the psalms and maybe what the writer was trying to get us to see and um when you think about the psalms, they really are songs. And I know you like to close these sessions with a hymn, and we're looking Certainly. forward to that. Certainly. Uh, but I want to just open with this because I thought it was real interesting. I went to a conference one time. This gentleman was there, and he said, I've never been to any of your churches, but I just want to tell you this. If the lights are pointing on the stage and your congregation is in the dark, you're doing church all wrong. Say that again. If the lights are pointed onto the stage and your congregation sits in the dark, you're doing church wrong. Hmm. And his point was, especially with the Psalms, is that they are designed for congregational singing. And even though you need leaders, obviously we need people to help lead and guide us through worship, we're really supposed to be doing this together. And so I hope that uh, that we get that as we read through the Psalm, is that these are things that um, the whole nation came together and sang uh, in celebration or lamenting. There's different styles. Um, and so we're going to start off in this week in Psalm 103, and it's a psalm of David, and it's kind of titled The Forgiving God, and since uh, Brother Koontz has the pastoral voice, I wanted him to read that for us today. <laughs> the entire psalm? Yes, please. Okay. My soul, praise Yahweh, and all those within me praise his holy name. 
My soul, praise the Lord, and do not forget all his benefits. He forgives all your sin. He heals all your diseases. He, rede he redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with goodness. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord executes acts of righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He revealed his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and rich in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our offenses. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love towards those who fear him. As far as east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows what we are made of, remembering that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He blooms like a flower of the field. When the wind passes over it, it vanishes, and, it, and its place is no longer known. But from eternity to eternity, the Lord's faithful love is toward those who fear him, and his righteousness toward the grandchildren of those who keep his covenant, who remember to observe his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, all his angels of great strength who do his word, obedient to his command. Praise the Lord, all his armies, his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works in all the places where he rules. My soul, praise Yahweh. And the key to that psalm, again, is obviously praising God. And then there's all these different ways. And so one of the things we want to think about today is what are some of the ways that stood out to you as Michael read that? What are some things in your own personal life, your journey, where you're like, man, I can just praise God in that because he has done that for me. This is an opportunity for y'all to talk. Yeah, we're, we're, we're gotcha. waiting for a directive there. Gotcha. Well, I can just tell you from my own experience, uh, uh, I'm not a really good person in my core, and I have to kind of work at that sometimes. Um but pretty much daily at some point in the day and, and oftentimes many points in the day, <clears throat> I realize that, that uh, God has kept me from myself in some way. Mm. And I'm very thankful because I can look back through the years, the best I can remember. It's been a lot of years, but I can look back through the years and I can see where he has taken care of me at places. And what that does for me and makes me really be thankful is that I believe he'll take care of me again. It, it helps me. Uh, it helps me look back at these markers where he's been there, and that reassures me, like in the future, and it gives me reason. You know, I'm not a stand-up praise worship guy, so if you see me back there kneeling, I'm not standing up and doing all that just because I just don't do that. I may have my hands in my pocket, but inside, man, I'm letting her loose. So, just so you know, but for me, good, yeah. Neil, what about you? Um, I'm intrigued as I listen to that because I just I just had this realization that whoever wrote that, he's talking to himself. You know, he's reminding himself mm -hmm. of all of those things. And I think in the middle of, uh, um, it's kind of related to what you were just saying, in the midst of all the things that happen to us and around us that we need to be reminded of those things constantly. We but. But we are in charge of reminding ourselves too, and that's that's a big part of what the the walk 
is is daily reminding yourself of who who God is yeah. and what He's done. Is that what you're looking for? Absolutely. I don't know. Absolutely. And will do. Yes. And will yeah. do. Yeah. Well, I mean, He never gives us. The, I shouldn't say never. For me, He's never given me the full picture of what's coming. Hmm. I always have reasonably good hindsight, but I never get foresight right. from God. I mean, other than His precepts, and when He states something. He doesn't tell you what's coming, and it, it's the you know the story of Abram, and him telling Abram to go, and Abram didn't go. Okay, where are we going? He just obeyed, right? Which is a big obey. I think we talked here a couple of weeks ago about a difference in prophecy and prediction. Mm, mm-hmm. And prophecy is that God is going to be good. In my mind, God is going to be good. He that's prophecy, so I expect it down the road, not knowing what it is. Prediction would be saying, I'm guessing this is what he's going to do, but I guess the the other flip side of that for me is just I know from previous experience. And Sometimes that's a hard thing when you do find out what it is, and you don't have, we don't have God's vision. We don't see the whole picture the way that God does. Mm-hmm. And so something that is the biggest blessing that you could ever have you might not have the perspective on it to recognize that. Yeah, yet. it's a challenge. It is definitely. You know, the uh, being able to look back at the journey, it gives you that uh, confidence about the future, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, when we first uh, moved to East Tennessee, you know, several years ago, and God worked things out there to take care of uh, my mom at the end of her life. And at the time, we you know, when we first moved mom there, we had no idea it was going to be the end of her life. And uh, but God placed uh, my wife in a specific job, you know, to that would actually be able to take care of mom with this health problem that she was going to have that would take her life. And and uh, we look back at that and uh, see how he provide provided all the way through that, even though we had no idea what was going to happen. And then when we get to move to Middle Tennessee, you know, it's like uh, we don't know how everything is going to work out, but we have that um, confidence because we've seen God step us through so much in history you know of our own personal histories and we know man he's going to take care of all these little things that we don't even know need to take place yet uh here in white house you know one of the things that jumps out to me is this phrase and i think it's probably when you get the over 50 mark when you start being satisfied you know when you're young and gung-ho you're going to change the world and you're going to do this and you're going to do that and you know, then you start realizing you're so limited, and you're limited in your power and your time, and um, and you can only do what your wife says you can do, and then you get kids, and then you're only limited. You're limited because you've got to go home and be with them, or go to their ball game, or, or to what to, they say you can do. Yeah, I mean, it's it really. I mean, it really isn't in a way. Uh, obviously, a blessing to have family, but you end up spending your life to serve them and what's important for them. And I think when David talks about he satisfies you, and I, you know, gosh, how we as an American uh, can't be satisfied in our life. You know, we're always looking at the stock market, and we're not satisfied. Um, we get to go on vacations when a lot of the world doesn't, and we're not satisfied. I remember right after the Christmas bombing downtown, we had a group of pastors that got together, and you know, everybody was kind of talking about that event and what it meant in our culture, and da da da. And everybody was talking about how, you know, their AT&T sales service or their TV service wasn't working. And one of the guys just slapped his hands down on the table and he said, fellas, 
it's a first world problem. Mm-hmm. You have plenty to eat today. You have a, a car to drive. You have clothes on your back. This is a first world problem. And I, I think sometimes we can become so unsatisfied. And I'll be honest, in ministry, we do that. I'm unsatisfied. You know, I can look at attendance numbers and be unsatisfied. I can look at things that I wanted the church to be doing and I can become unsatisfied. And I think we just have to get to that place where, not that we shouldn't try to do good and have goal setting and all that stuff, but if you don't enjoy the journey, you know, I think that's one of the things that David found out is that it's about the journey. Somebody wrote a song. It's all about the story. It seems like that was the name of that song. I recall that song. And uh, it really is. It's about. Oh, I'm pointing at a clock. You can't see it, but the cameras. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's all about the story. That's right. <laughs> there it is, uh, subliminally. Um, but it is really about enjoying the ride with him. And there are difficult days. But like you said, you look back now and go, wow, look how God gave us the opportunity to be with mom. Look how God provided for us in those moments. And I think we forget that. So as we praise God, and we know we should do that, what keeps us from praising God? Too often times we just, uh, you know, I think we talked about this maybe last time, uh, selfishness. Mm. You know, we, uh, we get wrapped up in ourselves what we want to do. I buzzed you just because it, it kind of hurt my feelings when you said selfishness. Well, you know, if the shoe fits, you wear it. Okay. It hit a little close to home. <laughs> Continue. Buzzer, yeah, you carry, carry on. Uh, but uh, I forgot what the question was. What keeps us from praising God? Yeah, so selfishness. And, and we get onto our, for me anyway, sometimes I get onto my track. And what am I doing? And how am I going to take care of things? Uh, thinking that you know it's it's my plan, you know, and I forget you know, God. This is God's journey uh, for us, and uh, uh, I need to remember to take that step back and and acknowledge and remember who is in control here. Who's who's got all this stuff? It ain't me. Well, I'll give you a real world one right here. Uh, sin mm. keeps me because if I do something a little out of sorts and. Uh, I catch myself. Uh, it's hard to go immediately to praising God in that point. It's almost like I'm running from Him for a little bit until I figure out how to handle this, which is that exactly opposite thing to do. But I, as someone who doesn't work in the field uh, and and consumed all day by it, I have opportunities all day to get way off sidetracked. Uh, and just in little things, but but I, I can I can I can recall instances where I maybe didn't say the right things to somebody, which I think would be qualified as a sin. But rather than immediately go to praising God, oh thank you, you know, for uh, saving somebody like me, sometimes I kind of try to figure out a way to justify my head, you know, before like you know I need to rest up before I go to him or something. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's. Uh, mm-hmm. It, it keeps me from staying in that frame of mind as being close to him all the time. And I think that's what the, uh, what the story is about sin separating you from him. Mm-hmm. And I, to me, that's a real-world uh, thing that keeps me not only from worshiping, but from just uh, being in tune with him like maybe I should be. So, I think that's absolutely right. It causes us to look at ourselves wrongly and it causes us to look at other people you know jesus gives that parable of the pharisees and the publican 
um, and basically is trying to get people to see, you know, here's one guy who's bragging about how good he is, and here's another guy who's over here just lamenting how bad he is, and Jesus says only one of those went away justified that day. And, uh, you know, maybe one of the things that we need to think through is how are we pharisaical? How how do we look down our nose at other people? You know, and I'll just I'll just throw this out there. We know Roe versus Wade has just been uh, done away with by the court system, and and I think that's a good thing. But I think if we make it just plastic or just like it's black and white, <laughs> hey, don't murder babies. That's right, don't murder babies, but. In every one of those choices, there's a person at the end of that choice that's going through more than just a pregnancy or just an inconvenience or just a whatever. And I think maybe as the church or just good Christian people, we need to be careful not to look down our nose at people who have found themselves even considering a choice. Um, had some real close friends of ours. I mean, just would always be against abortion until it happened in their family, mm. where this was going to be an embarrassment mm. because a child had made a bad choice. And I heard them contemplating. Now, after the fact, and the child was born, they love this child, and they know they can't believe they ever even thought. Matter of fact, if you brought it up to them, they would say I was lying. But I heard them with their own mouth say, maybe we should consider hmm. and it's it's difficult isn't it because um we make all these messes in our life and we know we should be praising god but we have all these messes in our life and difficulties that happen and then we try to fix them ourselves and then we get mad at god about it and you never know what somebody else is going through you never know <laughs> i think it's easy for a christian people especially if you're really involved in in church and that kind of activity. I think it's real easy for Christian people to be a know-it-all at times, unintentionally, but just kind of, you know, these uh, the guys at the Hope Center I've dealt with quite a bit, uh, they don't know all these churchy phrases. They don't know. Not only do they not know, they don't really care. Because, you know, most of those guys are looking for something right now that will help, that will get right to the gut and help. And I think sometimes us Christian folks, maybe, we're so wrapped up in uh, in what we're doing on Sunday mornings, you know, and that we don't really understand sometimes that we're talking to people who don't talk that language. It's just an observation. I mean, it's, I, I don't know if that had anything to do with what you were talking about or not. But Any other opportunities you think we can be pharisaical? Yeah, that, that's what we're yep. getting now, I guess. But. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you quieted everybody down on that one. I know, right? <laughs> uh, what else there. you got? It's just a, a good reminder to us that um, just because we are right doesn't mean we have the right to beat up on people. Yeah. I mean, you know, we know the right answers. But again, if it was all cut and dry, you know, Look at how Jesus dealt with the woman caught in adultery. The law was very plain. Take her outside and stone her to death. I mean, that was the law. And yet he chose not to in that moment, not because he was a lawbreaker, but because he was looking at the intent of the heart of the people that brought her to him 
and he was trying to teach more than just her, but she got the message that Jesus had uh, interceded for her on that day. And I, I just think that's part of what we're supposed to be doing. We don't condone bad behavior. We don't condone sin. Uh, it's real easy for us to look down our nose, like you said, and go, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. And it's real easy to see that when it's not my problem, but you're not going to you're not going to win them to the things of God by just pointing out what they did wrong. Mm-hmm. Same with the law. The law points out what we've done wrong. And Paul's talked about that in all his letters, you know, that that is just to point out that you need to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Um, but the forgiveness comes at the love of God. Mm-hmm. You know, and we we get too hung up like you said wanting to point out the sins of the others even though we know we're just as guilty of sin as, as everybody else different sins more than likely um, and we don't practice that loving thing you know uh, just about every email that I, I send out my tagline is love others to Jesus mm-hmm. and man that's what we are supposed to be about yeah we can acknowledge that somebody has a sin problem there's something that they're doing that is incorrect and stuff but it's not my job to go beat them up. My job is to share love with them, and love is Jesus. You know, so, I've got to share Jesus. With so, them. is it your job to point out somebody's sin? I, I guess you kind of take that on a case by case basis, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like if it's if it's uh, uh, if if I find my pastor, you know, uh, down at the bar drunk, um, <laughs> you know, I, we might have a little public call him talk on about that one. That, you know? <laughs> But, uh, you know, uh, my job is to let them know that Jesus loves them. Yeah. You know, and, and let God work out those those details. You know, do I tell them or if, if they want to know is something a sin? Well, what's the Bible say? The Bible says it's a sin? Then, yeah, it's a sin. Neil's incredibly quiet. He's either feeling really guilty about something <laughs> or, he's just being, or he's just being really polite. Mm. So you didn't have to tell me I was being convicted. <laughs> you could see it. That's it. Oh, you could boy. see it on you. Yeah. I heard somebody say recently, you know, I do this other podcast that gets a little political. I heard somebody uh, say recently that, uh, you know, we're talking about figuring out what's right and what's wrong. And they were talking about, uh, you know, there's, there is a radical bent to society nowadays. And Christian people are kind of in a battle against some things. This guy said, uh, uh, you don't really have to argue a lot about things people are doing that aren't right. All you have to do is point them out. And then they speak for themselves. So things that are, are wrong, he was saying that if you just you know use their own words, people that are maybe talking against what Christians believe, if you just use their own words and point out what they said, it speaks for itself. And most people uh, with the IQ of a table lamp or better can see what's wrong and what's right. And you don't really have to beat anybody up. You just point it out. I think the Bible does that to people like me. When I read it, you know, the things that are supposed to hit me hit me. Mm-hmm. And I, I can see and move on from there. What was the original question? Do you remember? Sin, yeah. How does that keep us from praising God? Oh, yeah. So this started out, you're talking about the Psalms. Right. Uh, And these are poems and songs. uh, Well, 
written by music people. Neil and I share that, so I think you may understand songs kind of the way I do or feel about them, that they came from somebody's mm-hmm. really down deep. And, yep. um, both worship and lament, I guess. And uh, So that's what that's what this study is about that, that's going on here for a few weeks is about the Psalms and, I guess, worshiping God, connecting with God, yep. thanking Him. The emotions, the emotions behind it. Because, again, I think we try to make it too plastic that worship is about Go in, listen to music, raise your hands. You know, when you said that a while ago, I get tickled to that because raising your hands, dancing, shouting is a form of worship, mm-hmm. but it's not the only form. You can be very quiet mm-hmm. and be having a real moment with God. Yeah, I do that in the car. Yep. Yep. Or down here at the creek. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Got more questions? I think that about covers it for this week. That was it. That's it. Yes, sir. You ready to sing a hymn? Well, no. We're going to take a little little break and come back, and we'll do a oh. quick session of any or outy, I think. That's right. Uh, uh, I'm going to turn the tables on you, though, because we've been trying to figure out how to do this correctly. And the last time I allowed you guys to pick somebody out to aim at, I'm just going to aim at the three preachers, and I'll ask a couple of things. All and right. we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll be back. Hey everybody, it's time to play America's almost favoritest new game show, Any or Outie, where we challenge our guests to figure out if a phrase we give them is actually in the Bible or out of the Bible. Sharpen your wits, guest. You're about to be in the hot seat of Bible stuff, because you're the next contestant on Any or Outie. Here's Mike. In your Audi today is me asking three preacher type people a question, and your job, you know, you know the drill. Here's the drill. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you this. This is either in the Bible or out of the Bible. Therefore, it's an any or an Audi. Psalms 96. Sing a new song to the Lord. Sing to the Lord all the animals. Now take your time. Discuss it amongst yourselves. Is that actually in the scripture or not in the scripture? Now, this is directly from the Psalms, Psalms 96. I think this is from the New Holman Christian Standard. I was going to ask you which translation. Yeah, I think it's Are the... Are we allowed to look it up? And think, no, 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 you can't look it up. You just have to discuss it. And <laughs> you gave me the scripture reference. I thought you were wanting me to look it up. Oh, no, no. I'm asking you if, uh, if that's actually what Psalms 96 says. Let me read it one more time. And sing a new song to the Lord. Sing to the Lord all the animals... So this is a a lengthy psalm, so that's not all of it, but this is just a portion of it. Go ahead and discuss amongst yourselves. All the animals singing just doesn't sound right. Yeah, he he emphasized that for us again. So I'm going to say Audi myself. It says all the nations. I I, I know all creation can sing out or all creation can acknowledge, but I don't don't ever remember (laughs) animals singing. HD is really thinking hard. That was Dr. Doolittle, wasn't it? Dr. Doolittle talked. Animals animals talk. Rocks cry out. Rocks do cry out. So I imagine the animals are. Is it rock music when they cry out? Oh, that was stay on topic. Wait, have you heard the birds singing in the morning? Have you ever noticed? Well, just before the sun's going. That group from so the So, are birds animals? I'm just saying. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to sway you one way or the other. But don't want to make any. I'm gonna go with what my my initial. And your initial was Audi. Audi. Is everybody gonna agree with? I would. Yeah, sure. That sounds good. That's correct. The actual word is earth. Sing to the Lord all the earth. 
So, but the earth includes animals, doesn't it? You know, I know that I instructed everybody to discuss it and stretch it out for time, just to make it interesting. But y'all stretched that out a little. <laughs> Sorry, a little far. I was beginning to wonder: do they really? Not, do they really <laughs> think it's animals? Just got us coffee, so we'll do better. I think two of you uh, understood right off the bat that that was a bunch of uh, malarkey, and one of you really was thinking about it. And I'm not going to name any names. We appreciate that. We'll just leave it out there. <laughs> Just leave it out there for anybody else. Okay, so the score is one to nothing. You're not playing against anybody, but you have got one correct. Here's the second one. This is from Psalm 66. This one's a little longer, so pay really, really close attention here as uh, I read this. Psalms 66. Shout joyfully to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awe-inspiring are your works the clock is beginning to tick and the suspenseful music is playing that sounds pretty good that sounds good good to me yeah let's end well wait a minute now oh I'm sorry (laughs) you said it sounds pretty good but does it sound like it's in the bible it sounds like it's in the bible to me it's biblically accurate it sounds awe inspiring sounds yes it does sound accurate so your answer is that's right. No fooling, no fooling three preacher type people. So, okay, the score is two to nothing, and you all won. We're awesome. So, like I've said before, <clears throat> you don't really win anything. You will get a, a, a Mike the Baptist coffee mug. But I have not printed them yet, and I'm not going to until I see if the program lasts. Because like I said before, I don't want a bunch of people having coffee mugs that say Mike the Baptist and pointing at them 10 years saying, you know, that, that didn't work out right there. But that would make it a collector's item. Oh, well, maybe that's true, too. Oh, okay. Either way, uh, we'll be back in a minute. We'll sing a little hymn as in church fashion and uh, move along. Oh, wow. What a great contestant and a fine sport today on Any or Audi, America's almost favorite new game show. Study up, future guest people. You're next in the hot seat for Any or Audi. Hey, we're back. Thanks for sticking around this long. Uh, As we always do on Mike the Baptist, we're going to end here with my friends. And uh, uh, we're going to end with a nice um, hymn from the Mike the Baptist hymnal. This is actually a selection that Neil had picked out uh, several weeks ago when he was on Mike the Baptist. He had a a group of Hmm. selections from the Mike the Baptist hymnal, and he selected number 32. Previously, but we're selecting number 33, the very next page for this week's hymn, uh, a Neil Andrews selection. Uh, well, this, is, this is one of my favorite hymns. It's classic. It, it really is. I mean, it, it moves me, and I know it will you too. And since it's yours, we have it congregants me. request this all the time. You do have congregants. Yep. They want it for the invitation. Our it's congregants. That's church people, right? Oh, sorry. Yep. Okay. Folks. Thank you. (laughs) Congregants, we got to bust that one. Okay, here we go. We're going to close with this hymn led by Neil Andrews. Uh Uh-oh. I got sunshine on a cloudy day. When it's cold outside, I got the month of May. I guess you'd say, what can make me feel this way? My girl, my girl, my girl, talking about my girl, my girl. Ooh. 
It's in there somewhere. I don't remember where it was. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yes. See you next week. We're just Christians trying not to cuss. Mike the Baptist.